So today, today we have, this is a special day. Uh, we got some, a special little thing lined up for you. And you're all looking at me going, what, 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 what is it? Quit hanging me down on the line here. No, it's not chocolate. It is not chocolate. Uh, chocolate's coming later. <laughs> so, not today, though. Um, today, we're going to, we're going to hear uh, Isa's testimony. Okay? Uh, I've been, yeah. This is, a, and it's special because our testimony is special. Our testimony is powerful. Our testimony is, is it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's special because it's a verbal expression of something that has happened to us internally. Okay? So it's, and there's power in that. And, and the Lord wants us to share our testimonies. He wants us to, because it's our faith. It's where, it's, it's what, it's, it's an expression of our faith to the world who needs to hear it. And I know that right now it's going to be us, and we all have faith. But you know what? I'm going to talk about that more after she's done. <laughs> because it's just the right time. It's fitting. And it'll fit into today and where we're going. So it's all about our coming out of the old and move, moving into the new. Okay? Coming out of the old and moving into the new. It's our story of our metamorphosis, okay? And we all know what happens when a, when a caterpillar goes away, hides itself in a cocoon, and then eventually it emerges out into this beautiful butterfly, okay? And believe me, Isa, you're a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> and, and it's so evident. It's so, I'm privileged to be able to talk to her and to, just for her to share with me her life and that, and I said to her, I said, Isa, you need to share this with everybody. You need to share this with the congregation. They need to know because you have a testimony and it's powerful. All right. So without any further ado, I want to invite Isa to come on up. And I want, I, I want, you, to, I want you to know, Isa, this is, you are in a safe place here. Every one of these people out here love you. They care for you. And, and, they're, and they're behind you. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Father, we just bless her. Lord, we bless her to just have fun with this, Lord, and to just share with us from her heart, Lord, and just to allow you to have your way with her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And I was just want to add up, because of Nathan, through him, we found this church. So thank you, Nathan. <laughs> How are you guys? Good, good, okay. I grew up in a strong Catholic faith, and I remember that we as a whole family would pray the rosary every day. And um, it becomes a ritual for us, thinking that I was on the right path. Going to church every Sunday and dressing up in a Sunday dress and being a good person is enough. Doing good works is what matters to God. I just follow through the motion of doing good works that I thought you were supposed to do. I didn't know him. I just knew him. I remember when I was seven years old, I had my first conversation with God. 
I couldn't sleep that night, and I was just staring at the stars where my bed was next to my window. And I've asked God this question. God, are you even real? Because my teacher said that you created heaven and earth. At this young age, I was so curious about him, and I want to know him if it's real, if he's real. Then this happened to me when I was about 10 years old. I was really a sick girl. I was always in and out of the hospital. And one night, my mom brought me to the emergency. The doctor was telling my mom that I only have few hours left to survive. And the doctor was saying to my mom that my mom needs to pray and ask God so I will survive. I could still remember the first encounter that I had with God. I was on my hospital bed and I saw the cross shining on me, and I was walking on the clouds, and all I can see was light. And it was so bright, but I was walking alone. As I was walking in the bright light, I didn't feel I was afraid, thinking I didn't have anybody there. Even now, as I was looking back at that experience I had, that I had, my heart was so at peace. I think I had my first glimpse of what heaven feels like. Fast forward to a young lady. I found myself searching for my purpose and meaning in people, my purpose and meaning in people and also in myself. Whether that was my friends or in relationships, I poured my whole heart into them. I also became very fixated on myself and my appearance. I became very consumed with what people thought of me and was living for acceptance of this world. And I am living the life that I thought that I am happy and felt content with. Until one day, I felt that there's something missing in me, but I didn't know what it was. Not knowing that was the beginning of my journey with the Lord. I didn't realize I was seeking a personal relationship with God in my life, that he is the missing piece of my life. I was lost, and I have nobody to guide me. I was struggling with my identity. In the year 2016, I got saved, and my relationship with the Lord was on and off, and I didn't really fully surrender everything to him. So my journey begins. I lost my dad in the year 2018, and my sister and I were in Dubai at that time. And it was just so painful for us to not to be there with him during his last moments in his life. Having the thought of not seeing him and giving him hugs or sit on his lap and making jokes around was so painful. Thinking that I was a daddy's girl. And I miss him every day, but I know he's in the right place right now. After a few months that my dad passed away, we found out that my sister has a brain tumor. The year 2018 was really challenging for all of us. But in the middle of all this, God has been our rock and our strength. And he strengthens us. Sorry. Even for Iris' medical needs, God has been faithful to us. 
The hospital bill filed up 2 million pesos and it's about 50,000 grand here in Canada. By God's provision, everything has been covered and even her chemorrhagation therapy was covered. Thank you, Jerry. And praise God for that. So, this is a exciting part of being an adult woman. In the year 2020, I got married and thought that being married could save me from all the longing and emptiness that I felt. I was so blinded and so ignorant at that time. I was with my ex-husband for only three months. After we got married, I came here to Canada. I knew from my heart that he is not the one for me. I was emotionally abused, knowing that I've been already struggling with my identity, my worth, and a lot of insecurities within myself. Because being an Asian woman or a wife, you must submit everything to your husband. There were times when he wants something for me, but I don't want to do it. But he keeps on pushing me to do it. Again, I ask God, why this is happening to me? Why me? I thought that being married together will satisfy me as a person or as a woman. But I was wrong. I even asked God, how can I escape this kind of relationship? Because I know that this isn't for me. And I don't deserve it. I give up everything that I had and nothing left for myself. After a few months came, I found out that he's with someone else. At my lowest point, when I was alone and afraid, and I don't know what to do. And the enemy was feeding me with all these lies that I am not good enough. I am not beautiful or sexy enough. And worse, I am not worthy to be loved and be alive. And he even said to me that you are alone now. And you have nobody. You don't have your daddy with you to protect you. To comfort you. To mend your broken heart. And you're alone here in Canada. A lot of things came up to me. And at that time, I had my first panic attack. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I was so afraid to close my eyes that time because if I'm going to close my eyes, all I can see was their faces. And my body would start to shiver and I can't control it. Thinking that I don't have a way out. I was so lost. I was so broken and beaten up. At that exact time, God is being God knowing everything from the beginning to the end. He knows that I need someone to be there for me. A strong woman with a soft heart. A mother, a friend, a sister in Christ. Who knows God and fully equipped in God's word. And that's unique. 
Thank you, hon. And thank you for everything. <laughs> so one night, she sent me a praise and worship song by Carrie Job, and the title of that song was I Am Not Alone. Through Yannick's life, God spoke to me in telling me that I am not alone. That everything will be okay, even when I walk through deep waters, I know that he will be with me. He will go before me, and he will never leave me. In the midst of deep sorrow, I see his light is breaking through. Lord, you fight my every battle, and I will not fear. You're my strength, my defender, my refuge in the storm. Through these trials, you've always been faithful, and you bring healing to my soul. What a comfort. Thank you, Jesus. And it's the same praise song of David in Psalm 23. From then on, I was holding on to this Psalm 23. I come to the end of myself, and then I said, Jesus, I'm all yours. I submit myself to you, everything that I am right now. I surrender everything, everything of me. And it was the best decision that I made in my whole life to follow Jesus and to give me. And God gave me this verse in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So I was seeking Jesus every day of my life, and every day I was praying for my healing and forgiveness, and that's every day and night, the same prayer. Because for myself, I don't want to hold any grudges in my heart or resentment. After months of praying the same prayer, I woke up having peace in my heart, and all of a sudden I felt that I am healed, and renewed. And it was a confirmation from God when I was reading my Bible. And Jesus spoke to me directly in Luke 8, verse 40 to 50. And he said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Tears were falling again and again and again. My God is real. I felt his presence. I felt his protection over my life. Praise God. Because through him, I am able to forgive and even pray for them. He is an amazing God. Everything that I've been through, I found God. I found Jesus. And it's, and it's him that I'm looking for. That I'm looking or, yeah. He alone can satisfy me. He brought peace into my heart and true joy. And he is my savior. Jesus freed me and Jesus changed my life. Now I learned to depend on him. I learned to listen to his voice so I could hear him more. And not me wanting to control my life again. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me wholeheartedly, for accepting me for who I am, and for not giving up on me. When you reach the end, know that there is a hidden gift that comes 
with endings. With every ending comes a new beginning, a fresh opportunity to begin again. It's only when you reach your end and you're dried up that you realize where real life comes from in the first place. We can never know the joy of flourishing without experiencing despair. Apart from Jesus, we are spiritually dead, lifeless, and overcome by the sins of this world. But when we come to the end of ourselves, we can commit fully to Christ, and we can be made anew, set free. The end of my pride brings humility. The end of my jealousy brings love. The end of a season brings a new opportunity to see God's faithfulness. In these endings, the true life begins. Every ending I face on earth isn't really the end of my story. It's the beginning of knowing Jesus more fully. In Revelation 21, verse 1 to 6, it says, In the end, every wrong will be made right. Every pain healed, every suffering redeemed, and every hardship relieved. Every tear will be wiped away, every question answered, every broken heart mended. The end of the story is even better than the beginning, and it's full of hope. So I want to encourage you all, if you feel at your end, if you, if you feel you at your end, or nearing your end, you're actually in a perfect place. Because it's in your ending that you will find a perfect beginning in Christ. I am the woman who has searched for meaning and purpose in what I can accomplish, only to be left empty-handed. I am a woman who is breathless and exhausted from chasing perfection. I am the woman who has tried drinking from an empty well, aching for living water while gulping down fears, anxieties, and panic. I am the dried-up woman. I found myself craving not just few drops of water every, uh, every once in a while, but a deep, soul-nourishing, life-giving stream. The well-watered woman isn't the perfect woman. She's fueled by the undeserved grace of God, not by her ambitions to be a good girl. She recognizes that the good within her comes from God alone. In Galatians 5, 22, verse 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus has set her free from her past mistakes, and she lives as a new creation. He has given her a fresh start, and his mercy moves her forward in love and obedience each day. She has come to the end of herself and found a new beginning in Jesus. Her future is secure, and her new life is most hopeful of all, eternity with Christ. He is her source of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. 
He's the living water that satisfies the thirsty soul forever and fills her empty cup. I can't exist apart from God's grace. I crave what I crave what this world has to offer, but it never provided peace. It was only when I look up to Jesus that I found satisfaction I long for. The promise in Isaiah 58:11 changed everything for me. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you dry, when you are dry, and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing garden. The starting point where the gospel is planted in your life and your roots will take hold in the truth. It's here when your identity becomes grounded in the gospel where you begin to know who God is and the reality of who you are in him. God can use our trials to show the world that his grace is greater. He can transform us and strengthen our true identity in him. I know God brought me here for a reason. This woman was looking for him, and he found her right in her place of need. It was exactly she didn't know she needed, but had spent her whole life searching for the quenching of hope, love, and peace that can only be found in him. My own grace well story began when I surrendered my life to Jesus. The truth is, at some point, we all have breaking points when we realize that we have nothing apart from Jesus. These moments aren't hindrance to Jesus. They're holy opportunities to bring our empty cups to him so we can be filled, filled up with grace upon amazing grace. So this woman standing in front of you all, isn't discouraged by her nothingness, brokenness, or emptiness, because she knows that, Jesus, that in Jesus, she finds everything she's been looking for all along. To God be the glory. That was, that was awesome. That was such an awesome testimony. Thank you. Thank you. Give her another hand, guys. There is no other more powerful way to show our faith uh, than our testimony, other than living our life out in that. Okay? Uh, it's just uh, it's just an amazing thing, uh, an amazing opportunity that God gives us to share with one another. Because what does it do? It encourages us. It encourages us to move forward. And it, it encourages us to step out and to allow God to do more and more and more and more in our life. Because there's when you think you've reached the limit of where it is that you think that you need to be or where you want to be, God has more for you. Okay? He is the God of more. All right? So he's going to keep moving. So be ready. 
All right? He's, he's moving in your life too. It takes humility and it takes vulnerability and an element of boldness to actually get up and give your word, your testimony. It's, it's not easy, especially if you're not used to standing up in front of people and talking. Uh, one of the biggest fears that people have is public speaking, you know, because all the eyes are on you, you know, but God gives you the boldness and he gives you what you need. All right. So I encourage every one of you, you could share your testimony with anybody, anytime. That's your faith. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the power of our testimony. All right, because it's very important that we are able to share with individuals when God prompts us to and in the way that he wants us to, okay? God has not called us to be uh, a timid people, all right? Quite, quite the contrary. He's called us to be imitators of Christ. And that was what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, when he says, you are to imitate me because I imitate Christ. Well, who did Christ imitate? His father. Okay, so there's like a ripple effect here. All right? And if we're doing what we should be doing according to kingdom principles and, and out of our love for God, what are we going to be doing? The same. All right? So we want to be imitators of Christ so that we can be imitators of God. So why is it so important for us to share our faith? One thing, uh, the one thing when we share our faith with people that we don't know, it's, 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 it's one thing to share that with them, people that we, uh, that we trust, as opposed to people that we don't trust. That's what I'm trying to say. But how do we do how do we get outside of these four walls, okay, or five, however many walls there are in here, okay? How do we break out of here and actually get out there in the community and, and in our jobs and in the workplace or in the, in the, the grocery store, wherever it is, and, then, and just share with somebody we know that the Lord puts on our heart? How do we do that? Well, there are ten things that I want to share with you. Okay, 10 things. But don't worry, I'm going to go really quick. All right. So, were you able to? Oh, God bless you guys. You got it up there. Thanks, Gene. You're the best. That's the 10 things in a, a, a snapshot of what they are. Okay. But I'm going to, I've got a scripture verse to go along with each one. All right. So, I just want to go through this really quickly. Number one, the Great Commission. It says in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them or discipling them to observe all that I command you, and, and lo, I am with you always." even to the end of the age. Okay? God is with us. He doesn't tell us to go out and then, and then and, and you're going out alone. He is with us all the time, as long as we are connected with him. God is clear in his word. He commands us to go out and make disciples. 
It's very clear. This means sharing our faith with others, but not leaving them there either. Okay? We don't want to just share our faith and then just leave a person. We share our faith, but we offer to walk alongside that person. All right? If we're doing it properly. Now, some, there's always exceptions to the rules, okay? Uh, but for the most part, we want to be there. We want to form relationship with them. Continue. We want to continue to disciple them and to encourage them in their, in their spiritual walk, teaching them to observe God's commands. Okay? The good news uh, that we're not alone. He promises us that he will always be with us to the ends of the age. And God never breaks his promise. And we want to be walking alongside them so that they understand the importance of what it means to follow God's word and why that's important to us. Why is it important to us? So it will go well with us. It goes well with us when we follow his, his, his statutes, his principles, okay? Do not be ashamed, number two. It says, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his, his prisoner. This is Paul speaking. Rather, join with me in, in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, doesn't that sound inviting? Join with me in the suffering. Well, Isa's statement was, um, her, her testimony was amazing. And she talked all about that. She talked about the suffering and the pain that she went through. But we, we see God in it. We need to see God in every single thing that happens in our life. Because even the bad stuff, God is using to draw us closer to him. Amen? He's using it to teach us something about our relationship with him and how we can draw closer to him even in that. And whatever it is, and I guarantee it, it can be anything. God will use it. All right? It's hard to talk about something that you're ashamed of, isn't it? I, I remember when I first became a Christian... I did not want to talk about God to other people. I'm just being honest. I did not want to. I did, and there's a reason why. Because I didn't know the word. I didn't know God. I didn't know who he was. I didn't understand this whole thing about Christianity. All I knew in my heart was that, that Jesus was powerful and he was operating in me. Okay? He was there. So, but that wasn't enough. You know, even Paul, when Paul became a Christian, when he, was, when he was knocked off his horse and scales over his eyes, he didn't... He, thank you, Robert. It's funny, I was thinking about that little, that little desk. Where is that little table, you know? He, he went into... He went away, for three years, he learned. He was discipled, all right? But what would happen if he went out right away? He didn't understand the ways of God. He didn't, we didn't, he didn't know him, and neither did I. And therefore, I did not want to share him with anybody. But is that the same now? I know God a lot better now than what I knew him when I was a young man, okay? And now I feel the presence of God, and I know when he's telling me to share things 
and I'm equipped. I'm ready to do so when that happens. I'm not ashamed of Christianity. I'm not ashamed of who I am. Before, I got to say, I was kind of like, I don't know what's really going on in me. I, I don't understand Jesus. I can feel him. I know he's there. His presence is there. But, I, but I, I'm really kind of ashamed to really share him because I really don't know about this man yet. Anyway, once we get to know Jesus, we, we, we're filled with boldness because we understand who he is. And when you understand something, you're chomping at the bit to get out there and tell people about him because you know it's good, right? And there's a boldness that comes over you. And anyway, God will give you what you need every time. And you may not feel that right away. Sometimes we have to step out in faith and we actually have to take that first step and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. And up until the point where you open your mouth, there's nothing. And then all of a sudden it happens and then God gives it to you. And then you're, and it just flows and you're, you're standing there going, where's this all coming from? You know, and the Lord is just saying, don't worry, just keep going. You know, and people are looking at you amazed because of what's coming out of you. And they, and they sense the presence of God. Number three, be prepared to give an answer. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Okay? 1 Peter 3, 16 to 17. Everything I'm reading you is out of the King James Ver- New King James Version, just in case you're wondering. This can be a tough one. One... One question I hear so much from Christians um, is, is that, well, what, what if I don't know the answer? What if I am not sure? What if I don't want to look stupid? I don't want people to think I'm, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. God tells us to always be prepared to give an answer. And you know what? It's okay sometimes if we don't have the answer. Sometimes we're just not going to have the answer for a person, all right? But we can always say, hey, listen, I may not have the answer for you right now, but I'll find the answer. I can get the answer for you. And that's okay. That's being real. That's being honest. That's us getting out there and saying, hey, look, you know what? We don't, we don't know it all, but we can find out because there's, there's always somebody who does, right? We go look up scripture. We find out what it says. We talk to somebody that knows maybe a little bit more than we do. But there's always a way to find out the answer, and we can always supply that if we need to. Don't waste your opportunities. Number four, Colossians 4, 5 to 6 says, Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each, each person. God wants us to make the most out of every opportunity that comes our way. Amen? We've talked about that time and time again in the last couple of years. Opportunity. Don't waste your opportunities. 
Say you're in the middle of the grocery store and the Holy Spirit places someone in your path that you've, uh, you have a chance to share with or pray with or talk to. And then your heart starts to beat fast. And then all of a sudden you feel a, you're getting hot. Like it's all of a sudden somebody turned up the heat. Okay? Yeah, and you feel that, that, that pressure, the anxiety raising in you. When, God, when you know that there's, you just know the Holy Spirit's prompting you to go and talk to a certain person, but you just, you feel that, that anxiety. You don't know, you don't want to look stupid or feel dumb, okay? But I'm telling you, just go for it. Just go for it. Don't worry about looking foolish, all right? You never know what God is going to do when you step out and you take that chance, you never know that person that, you're, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to talk to, to share something with, with that person. They could be going through a time in their life where they desperately need that person, that someone, you, to share God with them. Okay? You, we have no idea, and there's been so many times when I've, I've stepped out and I've shared something with somebody. Even if it wasn't even God, like a, a, like a God word, it was just, hey, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? And then you spend some time with them, you talk to them. And then all of a sudden, just even, even through opening the door and just being friendly and kind and loving, as, as, as Isa was talking about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, we... We, they, we soften their heart, and all of a sudden, they're telling us their whole life story. And it opens the door for us to share God with them, okay? These are, these are important things. We need to remember this. It isn't about us. God will give us the, what we need, the boldness that we need, and he'll give us the words. Number five, you have been appointed to share your faith. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. How many of us think that we chose God? Well, I gave myself to the Lord in 1965. I remember the day that I gave, I gave myself to the Lord. Well, let me tell you something. The Lord got you before you ever got the Lord, okay? And that's another thing I want to tell you about. You don't know how God is going to use you because he chose somebody that's standing beside you in the grocery store, okay? Don't ever make that mistake. God chooses, but he also uses, all right? He uses us. So he says... So he, we, he, get, he, he chose us to bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that where whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You need boldness? Ask for boldness. He'll give it to you. Promise. If, you're not, if you feel like you're, you're timid, and, you, and just ask for that boldness. If you feel that you need more kindness, you need to love people better, ask God for that. He'll give it to you. Okay, I'm telling you this, this is true, because I was like that, all right? I, there was, I could not 
there were so many things I just couldn't do in and of myself. And I had to pray and ask God to give it to me. Give me that desire. Help me to love that person the way that you love that person. Help me to see them the way you see them. And all of a sudden, God melted my heart. And I, and I was able to see things and, and, and understand people and have empathy for people the way I never did before. Okay? That was John fifteen sixteen. Take comfort in the fact that God has appointed you to do this. And if God appointed you to do it, God will give you what you need to accomplish it. Amen? Whatever you ask of God that aligns up with his will, he will give it to you. Number six, Galatians 5, 23. Isaac, you took my scripture. <laughs> But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Why is there no law against such things? Because they're good things. They're, They're amazing things. They're things that we need. And we need them in abundance. Because we have a world out there who is lacking these things. They need them. They need us to get out there and to show them the love of Christ. Not just stay in our little clubs, you know, in our, little, our, our secure surroundings. We need to get out there and we need to start sharing God with these people. Because there's a world out there, just God has got people. He's named them. He's got, they're in the book of life. They're just waiting for one of us to get out there and share the goodness of Christ with them. So they can come into the kingdom. Praying for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in our lives is so important on so many levels. I can't even begin to touch them all. There's so many of them. But in the context of us sharing our faith, when we are operating in the fruit of the Spirit, it becomes much easier because it's a natural, it's a natural outpouring of the Holy Spirit for us to share our faith with others. All right, When we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit. So number seven, Timothy 4, verse 2. Be prepared in all seasons. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And FYI, correcting and rebuking isn't a license to be bossy. Okay? It's not a license to be bossy. Well, the Lord told me to rebuke you. <laughs> so I'm rebuking you. You need, to, you need to not do that, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. No, that's, that's bossy, okay? That's not what God is saying when he says rebuke. Remember what we talked about, the fruit of the Spirit? Love, kindness, gentleness, all of those things, when that is void, when that comes, even in our rebuking, that needs to be there. Okay? Because if it isn't, what is it? It's just flesh. All right? And what does flesh produce? Death. Okay? So, 
You want your husband to move? <laughs> Where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, re- don't, be, don't be rebuking out of the flesh. All right? It ain't gonna, you're just going to produce death. They'll just dig their heels in. You want your wife to love you and be kinder? Don't be rebuking her out of the flesh. Be loving, kind. Okay? I'll let you, you guys figure it out. <laughs> you're going to... We do this through great patience, okay? When it comes to rebuking and, and, and correcting. It, we do it with patience, with love, with kindness, with gentleness, okay? We always do it in the spirit of wanting the best for the other person, okay? So we don't want to lose the fruit of the spirit when we do that. It's okay to help to correct, but do it in the right way. Number eight, let your light shine. Matthew 5, 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When we are in the right relationship with Christ, people notice something different about us. His presence, you, you can't hide it, all right? I, you're going to leak something, okay? Something's going to leak out of you. Either it's going to be flesh or it's going to be spirit, okay? But we're all going to leak, all right? We all do. We're people, all right? What are you leaking, okay? Are you leaking the, holy, the, the fruits of the Spirit or are you, are you leaking flesh? Flesh stinks, okay? We want to be leaking the right thing. All right? There is a light that is in us that cannot be hidden when, when we're operating out of the Spirit and when Jesus is, when we're close to Him and He's close to us. There's a light there that people will see and they cannot help but to be drawn to it, especially, especially if, they, if, if God has already touched them in some way. All right? You'll know this. All right, and I've and I'm just starting to get this. I'm honestly, God is showing me things that I've never seen before, and He's showing me how people react. All right, I was out in the, I was out and about doing my stuff. Okay, business. I was just looking after business, and I noticed this this guy. He was like, he was looking at me. Okay, and he, and I just felt him looking at me. And it was like, and I looked over at him, and, and he, he was kind of, he had a pleasant smile on his face, and I gave him the guy nod, you know? It's like, what's up, you know? And, uh, and, he, and, and he smiled, and he, he gave me the guy nod back, you know? <clears throat> That's good. Uh, have a good day. Uh, uh. You know? And I was, and then I went about my business. All right? And then I got back in the truck, and I'm heading down the road, and it was like I, I just felt the Lord rebuke me. And he said to me, you needed to talk to him. You wasted an opportunity that I put in front of you. And I thought, oh. And I knew it. I knew it. 
I knew it. It was like I just it was soon as I he as soon as the Lord made it clear to me, I was just like a, in my spirit I knew what I should have done. Okay? How many opportunities have we wasted? All right? Well, because there, there was somebody there that the Lord had put in front of you that you could have shared a moment. I don't know what I would have said to the guy. I have no idea. You know? But the one thing, he's like, I'm not going to go up to the guy or anybody and just say, do you know the Lord? Do you know God? Is Jesus in your heart? No, like, no, I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. Okay? But I'm gonna, I, I'll ask them how they're doing. How's your day going? How are things? You know? And, and you know, you get, you get a sense, all right, from their response as to who they are, what's going on, and then it opens the door. And all of a sudden, and then the doors, just all the doors start flying open. As they, and just give a person five minutes, not even, one minute to talk to you, listen to what they're saying. And all of a sudden, you're going you're gonna, to, there's doors will fly open all over the place. Where you, can, where you can just kind of slip in and say, well, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, well, what's going on there? No, I'm sorry to hear that. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, God has presented you with, a, with an opportunity to, to share Christ with him. You know? You know, one of the reasons why we did up those cards, real people, real God, real family, was so that we can have them ready to go. Hey, listen you know what, come on out here, you know, or give us a call, get in touch, you know, we'd love to spend some time with you, you know, that's relationship, that's what, that's what, that's what Christ wants from us, he wants us to be real and honest and, and, and inviting to people, all right, that's important, that's what God is looking for, God, number nine, God calls us his ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is so important. Even, I've, I've, even, I've even done the whole message on the whole ambassador thing. Okay, um, We are ambassadors of Christ. We are his people. We are the one to go out and share him with others. That is the commission, okay? When we come to know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, God says that we are now ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So you are all ambassadors. Welcome to the club, okay? And you have a purpose, all right? You have a purpose, and God has a plan for you in your life, okay? And it isn't just for you to be happy, all right? It's not just for you to have wonderful things in life. It's so that God can use you to bring others into the, into the kingdom so that they also can have eternal life. Isn't that more important? than us sacrificing a little bit of happiness here and there. Not too much, but we could sacrifice a little bit. Number 10. Here, we're getting, we're getting close, okay? All right. 
And this is a biggie. I saved number 10 for the last, all right? Because it's a big one, all right? Sin equals death. Christ equals life. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6, 23. We talk a lot about heaven in church today, don't we? But we don't talk a lot about hell. Hell is not a very, very fun thing to talk about. We don't like to talk about things that are unpopular, right? They get, it gets a little messy, right? We don't, want, we don't want to offend anybody, right? Wrong. People need to know the difference. They need to know that as, as, as much as there is a heaven, there is a hell. All right? Scripture is very clear about that. Very, very clear. People would rather avoid the subject and pretend that it doesn't exist or choose not to believe it exists, all right, uh, rather than surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Okay? What a tragic mistake. It's a tragic mistake. But there are, there are individuals out there who God has touched, and he wants, they, they, he wants all of us to know. He wants all of us to have eternal life. Make no mistake. But there, the, the fact of it is that there are people out there in the world that will just flat out refuse. They don't want it. Okay? And God, as much as he wants them, they, they made, they've made their choice. But here's the thing. We can't and we're not, going to be, we're not going to be able to plead ignorance on the day of judgment. We're not going to be able to. All right? Why? Well, that brings me to Romans 1.18 to 20. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them already. God is in us. Whether you're a Christian or not, there's God's attributes. His, his, we are created in his image. Okay? So th- that in itself is a testimony to who God is. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay? And I could, I could do a whole sermon on this. Okay? This is, this is, there's way more than that. Read the rest of it. Romans talks about our identity. Okay? Romans actually talks about our need for God, how much we need him. And it starts off in, ver- in chapter 1 by telling us how much we need God and why. Okay? So if you've never really read Romans, read it again. Okay? If you have, read it again. And if you haven't, read it because it's very important for us to know how, how important it is for us to understand how badly we need Jesus in our life. At some point, we need to be able to talk about this with people. We need to be able to, to, to share the importance 
of how much we need him. Why? So that there is an opportunity for repentance. Because repentance is the way, it's the key to, to eternal life. It's understanding how much we need him and, be, and being able to repent for our ways so that we can enter into the eternal life. Amen? There are consequences of sin. The Bible is so clear about that. People need to understand what they're being saved from. You see, you can go t- ask a person if you have, hey, do you have Jesus in your life? Well, a person's just going to say, well, what do I need Jesus for? What do I need him for? Well, oh, don't you know? <laughs> you know, we need, we need to help them to understand that as much as there is a heaven, there is a hell. And the reason why we need to know the difference. Heaven and hell are both real, and we want people to come to know God so that they have the freedom that he desires for them to have. And this doesn't mean that we go running up to someone and saying, hey, are you saved for the wages of sin or death? That isn't going to help anybody. When we genuinely have a love for others and we're humble ourselves, we learn to see everyone as Jesus does, with love, with compassion, and not wanting any one of them to perish. We show them love without judgment or a spirit of condemnation. It's starting, it all starts with relationship. If we don't, if we don't, if our relationship isn't the first thing on our list, if, that, if relationship isn't our goal with individuals, forget about the rest of it because they're more than likely not going to even hear you. All right? We need to be real, being real, being genuine, being humble, being kind, the fruits of the Spirit. When we love others, we are showing them the love of Christ, first and foremost, just by being there for them. We're building that relationship so that when we eventually share about Christ with them, they're able to receive. They want to receive because they understand that we care for their eternal life. All right? God will bring us opportunities to share our faith with complete strangers, as I, I was explaining to you just a little earlier about that guy that I had met in my travels, you know? And the thing, and I wanted to mention this too, the things that I was doing was 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 church related they were things that i were doing for city gate church you know and i could say well lord you know I, I was doing all of this for you you know i'm doing i'm i'm busy for you you know that's why i didn't stop talk to the guy but you know what it goes to show what's more important to god he's not so concerned about whether i get bottled water for the for the coffee bar as he is for the salvation of an individual that may cross my path. Okay? And sometimes what can happen is we use church stuff or busyness in our life doing good things to get in the way of us hearing what the Lord really wants us to do. Amen? Are you tracking with me here? Okay? Don't let good things get in the way 
of what God is really wanting you to do, okay? That's called religion, all right? That's a, that's a pharisaical way of looking at things, all right? We're not Pharisees. We're relational, all right? We have a relationship with God. We want to be able to hear him. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm almost done. The enemy hates it. He hates it when we public, publicly declare our faith. He doesn't want us to do it. Why? Because there's power in it. It has the ability to change the lives of people around us because it's an expression of Jesus in us. It's us sharing him with others. And when we do, it's when we do share our faith, when we're bold enough to do that, it's like painting a target on our back. Sorry, guys, I didn't tell you about that part. <laughs> it's like painting a target on our back. Why? Because the enemy doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when we share. And he'll do everything that he can to stop us. He'll, he'll you know, talk about the cold, the, the hot, the getting hot and getting all tongue-tied and, and nervous and anxious about sharing with somebody. And maybe he'll do worse, possibly, okay? But here's the thing. I would rather have a target on my back, all right, from the enemy than to not step out and do what it is that God is telling me to do, all right? Because here's the thing I know, is that whether, I, whether the enemy has a target on my back or not, I have a big God, and he's got me covered, no matter what, all right? So we need to be, we need to understand this. The enemy doesn't want us to, all right? But don't worry about the enemy. God is big enough to handle him. So if little, a little tiny lady from the Philippines can stand up and boldly declare her faith in front of all of us, I can't imagine what God is going to do, what else he's going to do in your life. Okay? Good on you. Uh, I can see a lot of amazing things happening. So let's not miss the opportunities that the Lord puts in front of us. Don't, don't wait until... You, like God rebukes you in the truck or in the car or wherever and say, hey, you missed that opportunity. But I'll tell you, if he does, listen to what he's saying and repent, okay, as I had to do. And I repented for that. And I hope that the next time that I see something like that, I'll be, more, I'll be quicker to respond in the, in the way that the Lord wants me to. We'll be amazed at what he does. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your anointing. I thank you, Father, that, that what, how you've anointed all of us as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that you will uh, just fill each and every one of us up with a boldness and a passion, Lord, to want to move forward and to step Step forward into what it is that you're doing, Father. May we not be afraid, Lord, to share uh, our faith with, with whoever it is that you want us to. Lord, 
I ask that you put people in, in our lives, in front of us, Lord, that you want us to minister to. And Lord, may we always remember that it's about relationship first. It's about getting, it's about sharing who you are with them with, through our love, our kindness, our, our patience, all of the attributes of the, of the, of the Spirit, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you do whatever it is that you want to do in us. And we just stand in front of you, Lord, and we say, yes, yes, use us, Lord. Use us in any way that you want. And I thank you, Father, and I bless this congregation, Lord, to move forward in all of that. And we all, we all said, amen.